This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, a living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez and John King. This is episode one, Space Wolves Inbound. All right, so uh, welcome to the first of, we hope, are a number of continuing uh, Warcasts, podcasts about uh, Warhammer 40k Conquest. Um, I am, uh, my name is Tobin Lopez, and uh, I'm here with a, a guy I've known for uh, going on 20 years now, actually, past the 20-year mark, I think, just last month. Yeah. Um, uh, John King. So uh, he and I have been playing games together uh, since the days of Beta Magic the Gathering, and although <laughs> we gave up that uh, great uh, game, it ha- holds a lot of memories for us, and we made a lot of friendships, including the one we have today. Um, so let me uh, just a little bit about myself. I'm, uh, uh, like I said, I started gaming with Magic the Gathering. That's how I met John. That's how I met some of my friends um, here in Colorado, and um, I basically play games and teach people uh that's what i do i love i play netrunner i played the original netrunner uh i played battletech ccg and i played uh what was the other one what was the other what was the shadow fist was it shadow fist but we you know vtest we played vtest we played yeah. vampire the eternal struggle Jaw and was a big one and, and was a all big these one things us. yeah um, I never got into the Shadow Fist. You, you did. With I think maybe I played. Yeah, maybe I had some cards. I played a couple games. And then L five R. I played a couple games, but I didn't really play too much. I liked Netrunner too much. Mm-hmm. And then Netrunner went away. And then it came back, mm-hmm. and we started playing that. And that's how we got onto. That's we. We knew of Netrunner, so then I, I wasn't too excited about Conquest, but because I'm not a Warhammer guy. Um, so John and I are both coming at this from complete noobs to the universe. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so yeah, that's you know we play board. Ga- I play. I love board games. I love competitive board games. I love cooperative board games. Uh, I like playing Netrunner. I like the LCG format. Uh, I'll let John introduce himself. Tell us about yourself, John. <laughs> Uh, hello, my name is John King. Um, yeah, like, like Tobin said, we've known each other for 20 years. I'm also a longtime gamer. Uh, started with role-playing games oh, all the way back in junior high. Um, came up here to Fort Collins to go to college where I met everybody, got into magic. I had a roommate that uh, introduced He's like, hey, play this game with me. And he shuffled up a couple decks and explained some rules and... Uh, Played the first one, and of course, you know, got my head handed to me, and I was like, "Okay, let's play one more." <laughs> and uh, second game, I was hooked. Uh, went and bought my own starter pack. Um, the Netrunner came out, and I'm a I'm in the IT field, so I'm definitely a computer guy. So Netrunner was right up my scene. Um, the original Netrunner, and the else, uh, Tobin told me that the LC uh, Netrunner was coming back in an LCG format, which I had never played before. I never knew what. Uh, LCG was and it's a phenomenal phenomenal format Um, creates a uh, a universe that is uh, fixed of course but still has a lot of possibilities you're not constantly chasing an X card out of out of the CCGs. Yeah, so my I, I think I told you this. My daughter, I, I have two kids. John has two kids as well. My daughter just got into My Little Pony, and she started talking about getting cards. And I had to. I've been in LCG playing Netrunner for a while now. Conquest. I didn't even consider the chase of the collectible card game that is My Little Pony. <laughs> uh oh, this is. Bad. I might. I have to somehow draw some boundaries and limits here. Yes. Because Esri's already started asking about getting certain cards. Oh no. So yeah, crazy, crazy. And um, Tobin brought uh, Conquest back from Genghis Khan. I'm sorry, Gen Con. Yeah. And uh, uh, Genghis Khan is the big local one in Colorado here. and I was not a, even though I played board games and I played 
uh, role-playing games and I played even miniatures. Uh, I never played the Warhammer miniatures. Uh, never really. I, I love strategy games, but I, it was just one of those hobbies. And you didn't never play the Warhammer tabletop? No. Because no. that's how it started, right? Yeah. That's the original universe. Where you, where you build where you build painting the armies. Love, you know, love painting. I still have miniatures from uh, painting from my role-playing days. But never uh, got into it. One, mainly because it was it, the cost. Yeah. To be honest yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, didn't didn't have the cost, didn't have the opportunity, and then so again coming into Warhammer from a complete uh, novice, didn't know anything about the universe. Played the first game. It told him he's like, "Hey, play a game with me," you know. So we shuffled up a couple of decks. Got my head handed to me, of course, and I was like, "All right, no, no, no. Let's let's be sure about this. Yeah, I might have beat you the first time, but well, then you proceeded to." Kick my butt the next well, like, three well, that, or four times. That, that was that's what it was. It was it was kind of along the lines like, okay, wow, this is, you know, the mechanics are are, are great, um, the artwork is great, the cards are phenomenal. I really liked the the aspects of the uh, different aspects of the game, and and I was like, all right, yeah, let's shuffle up and, and play another one, and then, and then proceeded to go, and then you know, of course he. He got me my start. He got me a starter set. So it's been it's been great. Yeah. Uh, played at Worlds this past month in no, back in November. Yeah, yeah. It's November. been just about a month. Yeah, a little bit more than a month. So so the, the the John came up with a great idea how to structure these these warcasts, and we're going to structure them uh, in terms of setup phase, which is you know like akin to the game. So we have a setup phase, a deploy phase, a command struggle, and a combat and an HQ phase. Um, so we're gonna go. We're gonna keep that theme going, and so that was the setup phase that we just did. Um, uh, and so the deploy phase, we wanted to talk about like our first games, and we just kind of mentioned that, right? Um, mm -hmm. I picked it up thanks to a, but I picked it up at Gen Con. I got there a day late, so they were all out of the ones for the public for at Gen Con. But I had a buddy Ben uh, who had signed up for the World Leader Tournament, which was the first, the debut tournament for the, for the game, the Gen Con. And so along with that came a reserved copy of the game for him. But he had not used that reserved copy. He had not purchased that. He had per, him and his roommates had purchased uh, four or five copies. So I, he, he allowed me to use his pass to buy a copy of Conquest, which I then did. I went and I bought and I had a great time. I built an Orcs Chaos deck. Um, I played two games, got slaughtered in one. Well, not didn't. It was fun. The first one was fun. I think I lost, but the first one was fun. It wasn't a slaughtering. Second one, I killed the guy on the second turn. I killed his warlord on the second turn, and he walked away. It was just a pickup game that day at Gen Con. So then I was like, okay, cool. This deck really works. I'm really excited. And I went to the World Leader Tournament and played in it. And lost my first two games pretty handily. Um, and then I won a couple. But I was I was one and two. I remember this because I approached Brad Andrews, who was the design one of the lead designer for FFG on the game. And I said, Yeah, Brad. So he's, he asked me how it was going. And Brad, it's going well, but I seem to, I'm playing it works chaos and I'm just not being very successful. And Brad said something to the effect of yeah, orcs in a single core deck is probably not very competitive. <laughs> and I looked at him like, well, I could have used that information three hours ago. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Um, but I had fun. I went 3-3 in the World Leader Tournament. Obviously, had a, had a great time. Um, but so, so it, and it led us, like, John and I both read, started reading Gaunt's Ghost stuff. So uh, Ibram Gaunt and Dan Abnett, and he writes those things. So we like that. So in, uh, I'll let you talk about what we're going to kind of do over the next few um, podcasts. Okay. So. Yeah, well, um, kind of review again uh, some of the stuff that we're doing as far as the Seeing some of the background universe, um, we'd like to talk about that. But uh, upcoming episodes, we'd like to do faction reviews and discussions. Uh, talk more about deck building strategies rather than specific decks. 
Um, just got the Howl of Black Main booster pack, expansion pack that came out. Um, hopefully those will continue to come out on a regular basis and we can kind of talk about those. And not necessarily, I'm not one of the, I'm not necessarily a guy who um, looks at a card and gives it a rating because yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is coming all the way back from my magic days of being a, a green, red, blue player <laughs> that, um, you know, hey, the jankier the combo, the better it is. You know, if I, if I need to put out seven cards onto a table to win, that's an awesome deck to me. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one thing. John, John and I, our background is 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 uh, competitive fun. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking to do with this podcast is talk about competitive side of the game, but also how do we have fun playing it, right? Because that's that's ultimately what's going to keep us coming back to the to the game, coming back and buying cards. Right. You know. Right. Now like I, the, the the you saw the spoilers for the um, the new torture for the, deck the new coming? torture guy, right? Yeah. The, wow. the dark Eldar dude, who who I just noticed the other day, he doesn't have four units and two support. Like most of the signature support, I think signature support guys have four units and then two one and one of mm-hmm. cards, right? And usually two events. That guy has four events, which are the torture ones, right? Which are like discard and, or do a damage, and then he only has two units. So he's, he flips the table. And so I, 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 everybody went gaga over Ragnar, and I've been playing Ragnar, and he's not my play style, you know? I mean, we've talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. He's, I'm, I'm, I'm still feeling out. We're still, we're still playing our game, but I'm still feeling out how I play, and right. I like control. I have a, a dark el, not dark Eldar, an Eldar Tau deck that really seems to work fairly well. Um, uh, but that's that's pretty cool, and I haven't played a lot of orcs since the World Eater, maybe because mm-hmm. I have a bitter taste in my mouth from the World Eater, like. Oh, work! Oh, and um, and so so I started playing Astro Militarum because you were beating me with my Astro Militarum deck. Right. I was playing Chaos and Dark Eldar, and you were playing, or for those of you who are uh, allegiant to the things, Imperial Guard, Astro Militarum, Imperial Guard. Uh, but you were playing that deck against my Chaos Dark Eldar and just kicking my butt. <laughs> well, that that deck was straightforward. And so uh, you know, my first my first uh, games were uh, serious games were against Tobin, but any kind of tournament setting was uh, this past month at Worlds. Um, great competition, lots of people, and completely not the decks that I expected to see, uh, which was great because. Uh, I ended up playing the Space uh, Space Marine Astro Militarum deck. And who, who was it? Were you playing with Strachan or were you playing? With I was playing Strachan. So I was playing. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. So I was playing. I guess I was playing Astro Militarum with Space, Space Marines. Marines allies. Yeah. That's the nomenclature yeah. the internet has given to the to the game. Yeah, I see. I see. So <laughs> I ended up playing. Um, ended up, and I saw a lot of Space Marine decks. I, th- I thought that w- they were going to be a very very strong deck, um, especially with Jeremy having just one world leader with him. Right, right, and and the uh, and I think it's one of the first decks you build in Conquest is combat. Um, it's a very straightforward strategy. So you you build you build decks like Strachan, like okay, all my soldiers are going to get plus one attack. So you include all the cards that are soldier cards, and those are soldiers out of the Space Marines and the soldiers out of the Astro Militarum. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, and I think that's what I was. You were still trying to fine tune your control deck, and you had given me basically what was a straightforward attack deck, where it's like, all right, I'm taking everybody to this planet, and Combat ensues. Then I'm going to take, and then I'm going to take everybody to this planet. Combat ensues. I'm going to take everybody to this planet. Combat ensues, and that is a a great strategy, um, and it's I it's a very straightforward strategy, and I think that's going to be one that's always very dominant in conquest because obviously, this is a combat game. Um, it sounds like there's a butt coming. Well, well <laughs> I, I think I think as as the card pool grows, you're going to have more options. So I should I should qualify this with the fact that I own one core set. 
Um, and I believe that's all I'm going to own as far as the core sets. So with having the one core set, that's the, that's the best strategy and the easiest deck that you can build, uh, no matter what the faction is. Um, because you just don't have a whole lot of uh, all the other uh, card types yet. Yeah, you don't have, there's not a lot of flexibility. What we counted up eight or nine cards, like after you take, you choose your Warlord and his cards, and then whatever faction you choose, and then the neutrals, you have like 58, 60 cards to make a 50 card deck out of. So you right. gotta include some neutrals that maybe you don't want to. Right. Of course, right. you have to include some signature cards that maybe you don't want to either, <laughs> which is where the balance in the game comes. Okay. Some of so, those early, some of those early, some of those early games, I would have that signature card from uh, maybe it was a Space Marines one. Like you're just like it doesn't matter. I, I can't remember what it is. I can't remember what it was. Um, like I didn't want the support, whatever the support was. Maybe it was holy. It wasn't holy sepulcher. Yeah. So it was Cato stronghold. So I'm not sure if I, you know how how useful is that now? Fury of Scarius. Yeah, I've been hit by that a couple times. That sucks. Um, but the one offs, right? The the stronghold. Um, some of them are good. Some of them I found that they were just dead cards in my hand. Um, the dark Eldar one where it wipes the ability. That's good. So, um, so let's go to let's since you open it up. Let's go to command struggle where we talk about you know playing with one cat, one core versus two versus three. This was a topic of hot debate when the game first came out. You know mm -hmm. when it first got released. Are you going to need one core or two cores or three cores? And I think anybody who wants to be competitive was was in agreement that you needed more than one, right? At least in the t in, for the time being. I think I, so because I think. I think your point is a good one, and we learned this with Netrunner, is that <clears throat> uh, one is good, one is fine, but if you want to be competitive, two is better, and if you want to be fully flexible, three is absolutely necessary. However, based on our Netrunner experience, right, you and I both bought two Netrunner cores, mm -hmm. and we were happy with that. And then your daughter started playing that runner, and <laughs> yep. you started needing a little bit more, a bit fewer cards. And then we had somebody, and this will happen with Conquest, no matter how good the game is, this will happen with Conquest as well. Somebody got in a Netrunner, had two cores, had you know half a dozen expansions, and said, I'm out of the game, I'm done. I, I'm not going to play this anymore. Who wants to buy it? So John said, I'll buy it. And... Um, as, a, as a finder's fee, John offered up the, the singletons in the Netrunner, of which there are only a half, there are only about, a, what, a dozen? Maybe that, that, maybe if ten. That, but yeah. Because otherwise I was going to end up with four. Yeah, so you have, so now you have a set of three of those singletons. I have a set of three of the singletons. You have a call of cards you need, and we're copacetic. So when, I, when it came to Conquest, I said, okay, I'll buy the second core for sure, but I really just couldn't bring myself to buy the third one, and I haven't yet. I had them. I sold them to other people, but I never broke it open for myself. Mostly because you get those command dials and you get the damage tokens and you get the resource tokens and you get the extra planets that you're not going to use. I mean, you might use the extra planets because your 10 might get worn out. I understand that. You might use some tokens, but you have four command dials. <laughs> you know, you're paying all this money. Together with the idea that I think I can be competitive with two cores. And then with the idea that at some point in the future, someone will come into the friendly local game store that you're sitting there playing the Conquest, and they'll say, hey, I've got a core set, do you wanna buy it? And you say, yeah, here's 15 bucks. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you have your third core, right? Yeah, I, I think that so. that eventually gets apart. You know, so it, it, I guess the, the question is, um, and, and we should say, I should say that uh, being competitive, I, I mean, I think any deck's going to give you a, a chance to win, obviously, because you could have, uh, you know, the randomization that comes with, with shuffling the cards. You can, you can have the best deck in the world, but you can get a raw draw, and then your mulligan's even worse, so, you know, you're going to give your, or your opponent is uh, able to get top deck the card they need at that one point to, 
that out of the one singleton that's going to defeat you. Right. Or, um, or like it, what happened to me last night where I had, I couldn't draw my signature squads. Mm -hmm. I had the elder guy who, was tap, who taps everybody, right? Storm, Stormbane. He taps everybody, but I couldn't take advantage of it. I couldn't draw my signature squad until late in the uh, late in that first game against Jason, and and he toasted me. He toasted me for it. I couldn't take advantage of my warlord's ability. Right, right. So I mean, the the more cop, the more core sets you have, the the more you can include copies of uh, cards that are game changers that can be game changers, and obviously then you can get them on a more consistent basis. But I think eventually. Um, even with, with the promos that will come out, because we saw this in that runner. Um, I saw this at, at uh, Worlds with uh, the promos that we got. We got the um, Possessed, which uh, was normally a singleton out of the cast deck out of a core. Well, now all of a sudden now I've got three because I, I, got the <laughs> I, got the I got three Possessed because I got two for, two for uh, one for starting the tournament, one for finishing the tournament. Yeah, and they're blue on the back. <laughs> yeah, they're not black. So they're not black and gray. They're kind of blue and gray. Kind of, kind of bluish. We noticed that when I uh, when we were shuffling up. So you're definitely gonna obviously with any any of the promos, you're gonna want to play with sleeves, um, in in tournament settings. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that being said, I don't think you need to. Uh, tournaments are incredibly fun. I definitely encourage people if they can to go to a tournament. Um, and I encourage people to continue to play going going into the tournament to um, see what other styles that are out there because, like I said, I, I was very surprised with the number of the number of the decks that I saw um, and the the decks that I played against. Where I see a card and I say, "Oh, okay, I use su I use such and such card for this purpose," and it would be used for um, a different purpose um, you know one of one of one of the uh, you're talking about like like my example about yeah, suppressive fire exactly one yeah. of the cool stories with, with yeah. Tobin has about a suppressive fire so. yeah so so I was watching the guy play David he's a local player and uh, he was he was playing against his buddy and his buddy had a possessed out right so nine possessed chaos nine four nine is going to attack for this massive amount Right, and possessed was the only one that was left that was untapped. For some reason, the other the opposing player hadn't attacked with possessed. Strachan's out there, and before possessed attacks, David plays suppressive fire. Now his warlord is the only one untapped, so his his warlord is the one tapping to then tap the possessed, so that the possessed can't attack the warlord. Well, I, I guess we should say what right? su suppressive fire is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Suppressive. It's good to good to know what suppressive fire is. It's an Astra Militarum card. You exhaust. It's a combat action for zero, I believe. Yeah. You exhaust the unit you control to exhaust the target non-warlord unit at the same planet. So typically, when we see this card, and when I've seen this card, you see it and you say, "Okay, I'm gonna best case scenario, I'm gonna tap a guardsman." Right, which is a one-one little token guy. I'm gonna tap a guardsman. And I'm gonna tap your big baddie, and I'm gonna kill your big baddie because your big baddie can't attack. But then David used this as a warlord defense, much better than the one shield that suppressive fire would give you. That would be useless against the nine attack from the possessed. But when he uses it, when he couldn't kill the possessed, he had to use the suppressive fire by his warlord base and the way I pictured it is the warlord's retreating from the battlefield shooting with the gun over <laughs> his shoulder just right, <laughs> shooting so he, his pistol over his so shoulder. he plays that and taps track and just taps the possessed right and then and, that's and the he, end of the combat that's the, the end combat. of the combat round so then everybody so then everybody now he could have retreated with your with the combat guy right I mean like 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 another guy another friend of mine said the, the Warlord almost always has a get-out-of-jail-free card, which is, instead of attacking, you retreat. Right. You know? Right, but that's so, only the Warlord, whereas... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas when, by ending the combat round, and then being able to untap anybody, any other units, then since he, his Warlord's at the planet, he has initiative, any other units that he has with him can all retreat. Yeah. So it's either, well, I can save my Warlord now, or I'm able to take everybody... By doing that, he was able to take everybody with him. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, and 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 uh, you know, there's a, I've seen some talk online. People are killing warlords left and right, and and we just haven't had that happen, 
right? Like I, mm-hmm. like I killed some warlords last night, but I think that was more that was that was a one-off. Like I, I played five games last night and killed a warlord twice, and that was that's like a plethora of warlord killing for me. Usually it's planets, right? You know, um, and maybe it's because people just didn't realize that they could get out of jail free with the warlord, like combat action, because people are still learning this game, right? I mean, right. we both had interactions at worlds that went, wait, what? Mm-hmm. No, you can't do that. <laughs> wait, what? No, that doesn't work. Oh, wait, no. So people just didn't know the rules. Um, and that's okay. That's perfectly understandable. It's still a new game. Right. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, but you know, I think I think if you're looking to be competitive, to put a kind of a cap on this conversation of two versus three, I think if you're looking to be competitive now, two cores is, is necessary. If you're looking to be, like, we're, we're talking about top... Top, top, side, competitive. I think two cores. And you, maybe you disagree with me, you know. I don't. But then, because but I then think you know, six months out, that the, the impact of the second core is going to be minimal because you're going to have all these other cards and exactly. warlords to choose from. So. Exactly. Um, I, I don't disagree at all. I mean, I saw the decks that just rolled me. Um, one, of, one of them I remember was, was uh, uh, the guy was playing Cato. Uh, and he ended up playing three Exterminatus on me in, in oh the one God. game. So he was playing three cores. <laughs> yeah. Exterminatus is, is, a sing, is a singleton out of, you know, in the core set. It's a Space Marine one, and it's a combat event where uh, cost three. It's, I'm sorry, it's a, it's a tactic, deploy action. Um, destroy all non-unique units at target non-first planet. So... My strategy, the deck I had, uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, depending on the layout, um, I would try to, uh, let's say, if the red, you know, red was an option, by getting three red planets, I could, I could get a win condition, and maybe it was a first, second, and fourth planet, or some games was actually one, two, and three. Um, I say red because red, red right now is the biggest, uh, most common out of there. There's six red planets out of, out of the uh, ten that there are. So it was very very uh, common to see see uh, three red planets in the first five cards. So I, my plan was, oh, okay, well I'll, I'll deploy some at yeah, this such and such planet, such and such planet, such and such planet. Well, um, and my deck was kind of a swarm. It was a lot of the lower cost uh, guardsmen uh, units, and so I would try to time it so that when I had initiative, I I was going to I would be at a planet that had most of my troops, and then I would have initiative. So again, like I said, a very straightforward strategy. Um, and he would—he uh, basically played exterminatus on me three times, and and wiped and wiped uh, the other two planets. And and do you remember how many units were at these planets? I mean, was oh, it easily, one or two easily, units, or was it? Oh, easily no, three or four at each planet. So you were I all, think the, the, all the cheapies, and right. you were just playing the cheapies, right? Because I—I mean, it was my deck was rolling pretty well. And he was, and he only ended up playing. Uh, he would play Exterminatus, and he'd play his units that allowed him to. Uh, uh, when they when they came in, they would ready, or I should say, some of the signature units, and then the chosen. Yeah, the where prevent- you get to, yeah, you move them over, do damage, and move them over to your planet. Exactly. Yeah. And so and so, uh, he played very relatively few units, but he just kept using the big uh, world changing uh, events to wipe my army off the board. Yeah. And so I, I, I yeah, lost, I lost relatively handy. And I, th- I think that was, you know, seeing a lot of the deck lists or a lot of the top players and a lot of the decks they were playing, um, I would say that most of them had at least two cores. If not, I would say maybe the top eight. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? 50% had we're at least guessing. three cores. Yeah, we're yeah. guessing. And I mean, the, the guys, the... the uh, so we're moving on to so so like you said red is the most common and I just sat here and counted them out because we have them laying out on the table and every every color is, has six. Oh. Right? So but but so that begs a question that I'm interested in here because we haven't talked about this before. Which planet scares you the most when it's on the board? Is there a planet that you just go, oh no, that I have to protect that? Um, really offhand, it depends on, on the deck I'm playing. 
Um, the one that's scary, let's say if I'm, I'm playing, if I was playing my Strachan deck, yeah. where there's, I have a lot of low cost guys. Yeah. Uh, the one that that uh, that frightens me is the one that does one damage to adjacent. Yeah, Aatrox Prime. Yeah. Yeah, deal one damage to each enemy unit at a target HQ or adjacent planet. Yeah. That, you know, obviously depending on board position where that planet, where that, if it's right in the middle, it's obviously much more useful. If it's the first planet, well, you're not going to, unless unless you're having to fight for the second planet. Um, if I'm playing my Chaos deck that has a lot of big, a lot of big monsters in it, I want the planet that allows me to deploy um, yeah. units, I should say allow... Uh, I want your each your player, Varn, yeah, yeah. But basically, it allows each player to do it. Yes, you're giving your opponent um, an option, but <laughs> the the fact that it's like <laughs> the okay, chaos units are so much scary. Yeah, it's like go ahead and drop. You know, go ahead and drop your <laughs> drop your three three, or maybe even if you have your one Lehman battle rest battle rest tank. You know, I'm gonna I, I've got I've got a handful of. Uh, Possessed and or soul grinders, and soul grinders and blood letters, or it's like, you know that that's the that's the one that I want to hammer on, and you know again that's a strategy. So, uh, um, so so Aatrox Prime is the one you're probably the most fearful of. I think the one that I I guess I'm the most aware of when it comes out into play is is probably Aatrox Prime because of the damage it can do, um, and then obviously. Which one is Karnath, which is the one that triggers a battle ability of another planet in play. So there, they, you got you have a lot of flexibility there. Um, so uh, that's interesting. You know, the take one, take one resource from your opponent, Osis Four. That's that's kind of minor. The one that I probably let allow, allow people to capture the most because it won't damage me is Taurus, right? If you control fewer units than your opponent, gain three resources or draw three cards. Mm -hmm. That one, I think, fizzles the most. You know, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, it just it just fizzles. Aloith, uh, which is the search the top three cards of your deck for a card and add it to your hand and place the remaining two cards at the <coughs> bottom of your deck in the order. That one is cool. I've used that a couple times. Mm -hmm. uh, Gives you a little bit of card edge, um, but okay. So we've we've kind of talked about cards a little bit. We've kind of talked about planets. So here's a section that we're going to talk. We're going to hope is a regular thing, which is dogs of war, right? So what is the the card, John, that you just don't see playing a lot of? It's worth. Which is the dog that just is going to get put out in the woodshed and left to? Left to fend for itself. Right now, mine is fallback. It's a neutral. It's a tactic. It's a, um, a one-cost event. It's a one-shield card, but it's a reaction. So after an elite unit is destroyed, put it into play from your discard pile at your HQ. Reason being is right now with one core set, um, there are not many elite units. Uh, once you start... Uh, putting together your faction and then you add your allies in there fallback is the card that I seem to cut all the time um, Because it's only going to other than being a one one shield card It's only going to save maybe It's going to affect five units out of my deck maybe six units And who's to say whether they even get into play or not exactly right. and, and yeah. you know the the fact that that units in play and I have the fallback in my account now, I think as, of course, as the card card pool grows, that card is going to be much more uh, viable. Um, right now, even with the, with the Chaos deck that I'm playing, I realized with adding in my two Possessed, and if I switch factions, all of a sudden I can go up to 10 elite units. All right, well, you know what, hey, 10, 10 cards out of 50? Wow. That's actually, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's 20% of my deck. 10 right? elite units? Yeah. You can get 10 out of the chaos? Right, because, well, the, because the possessed are elite. So now I can right. buy three of those. Wow. I hadn't put those numbers together. Yeah. I, not, not, you know, not, not 10 different units. This is just 10 cards. Right, 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 right. Well, 10, well, I mean, and we haven't talked about this, but I run 30 to 32 units in a deck. I mean, that's my magic number is 30 for, mm -hmm. for deck building. So, But if you have a third of your units are elite... Then yeah, fallback might actually be a good choice. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and I think, and and looking at it right now, um, I'm realizing, as you play, as I play, uh, your your 
your deck building will will change because right now I didn't even think about oh how are we X amount of units it's like all right well I've got the nine I've got to include right I've got my warlord and I've got the I'm sorry is it nine or ten cards that well your warlord is one and then you have eight signature cards all right so so there's so there's eight sig eight cards out of, out of the fifty that you that you immediately have to include um, and then it's just kind of like all right well grab the rest of the faction uh, <laughs> grab some of these things grab some of these things out of the allied faction and some neutrals and that's kind of shuffle up and deal uh, yeah and that's coming from your core set limitation one core set right because right. you have that limitation so when I'm building one I have a little bit more flexibility because I have the two core sets <coughs> I have doubles of a lot of, uh, of the singletons so I have doubles of those units so I'm actually having I, I can I can say okay is this unit these these two this unit this unit this unit and this these maybe four groups four separate units all of all I have of I have two of each of those right mm -hmm. and then I say okay well this one isn't appropriate or uh, maybe this one fits better or this one is goes kind of counter to what I'm trying to do with the deck or maybe counter to my play style and so there's a little bit more flexibility there but I and so then I get it I, I get more of a choice for my 30 units mm -hmm. right. Um, I wonder how many, I hadn't done those numbers, how, how many units you get from a single core set and all the units from a faction. That would be interesting. Might have to do that for next time. Yeah, so we'll do that for that. next time. Um, okay, so your dog of war is fall back. Fall back. All right, so I, I you know, we, we talked about doing this and what's our, what's our first dog of war? And uh, my dogs of war are the cost reduction supports for each of the, for each of the factions. It's weird. It's, it's a, it's a. They're all limited cards, as far as I'm, as far as I can tell. They're all limited, so you only get to play one limited card each turn, right? I already have two uh, promotions in my deck, which I would much rather have the shield and the command icons that I get from the promotion. Um, it doesn't buy you. It doesn't get you a credit. That, it doesn't get you a resource the time you, you saves you. It, it pays for itself on the first turn, assuming you use it. So you can pay one, put it into play, and then you save one on the unit, on the unit deployment. But then you, you, you really have to get it. The game lasts seven turns, right? So those card reduction, that card reduction might save you six resources. Now, that's if you get it first turn and you have something to play right. with. The game could last I, seven I, turns. It could last seven We've turns. had games, obviously, where even Planet Struggle, it's over in three turns. <laughs> Warlord Kill, you had one where it was over in two turns. Yeah, yeah, I had one. And then, and then uh, my, my famous Worlds uh, one where the guy, the, this, was, this was unfortunately for him a snowball, that, that snowball effect that we talk about, where you have enough units so that you can deploy enough units that first turn, you get all these cards, you get all these resources, and then second turn you put all more, more units into play and you have more resources and more cards and you win all these battles. And so uh, I had one one guy, my opposition, I think, in my opponent in round four, he yielded at the end of, before the end of the deploy phase on turn three, because I had just played, he passed, and I had just played two units to not only cancel out his command struggle win on the planet five, but win it myself. And so he, he gave up at that point. All I had to do was win the second, like the third planet. So that so yeah, you you can have really fast games. So that's where my dog of war comes in. It's that's, those cost reduction because I would rather have a unit for one. That's a that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that because normally yeah. I would see that and go, oh yeah, sure. You know, I'm, I'm saving resources and yeah, I gotta have it in the first one. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that dog of war because you you point out it's like it's not necessarily saving you any work. It doesn't uh, have any shields too. That's what I keep looking for. Mm -hmm. I kept looking like, okay, if I'm going to put in more of these, if I want to make sure and get one on the first turn, I want to have two or three in my deck. But they're limited and they're unique. So once you play one, that's it, right? Prometheum mines. I would probably put a Prometheum mine in ahead of these, right? Right, because they, they kind of give you the same effect because it gives you a resource during the gives you a resource, and yeah. it's delayed. It's delayed a bit, but it gives you the resource, mm -hmm. right? It's delayed one turn over these. Now, as people are building, and I've seen conversations online that where people are building a single faction deck. They're not using an ally faction. They're just using 
space marines and then neutrals. Mm, so okay. as the card pool grows, like we've talked about with fallback, as the card pool grows, I could see using these. But again, the, the limitations from it being limited, it being a unique card, mm -hmm. and not being a shield. Like Promethium Mine, it gives you four resources if you last that long. It's also limited. So you might not want to play with these and Promethium Mines. You want to play with one or the other. or And then you have promotions as well. Promotions give you shields and give you, you know, mm -hmm. command, struggle, advantage, kind of. I think promotion's a great card. You know? Um, so, so uh, yeah, and I, and I wasn't playing with it for a while on my, on my, was a, on my 1 in 17. <laughs> yeah, neither was I. And, Run, and I, I wasn't playing with it, and then I realized, yeah, this is good. <laughs> and, I, you know, I think and that's something that we're going to talk about on future podcasts is uh, the different tactics. Uh, really, I would like, you know, really start exploring things like command struggle. You know, is what's more, what's more valuable, uh, you know, winning cards or winning resources? And I hate to always, you know, I don't think you can give an absolute in these games, and that's why it's so wonderful. It all depends on your deck. If I have if I have a deck where maybe you know I don't need to draw that many cards because I'm playing big ass units, and as long as I have enough of those in my deck that I'm going to be if I'm only drawing you know six cards over the course of the game. But I'm guaranteeing myself, you know, two or three or four of those in my opening hands, and over the course when I draw, I need to have the resources to play those. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, and I, and I, I'm right now. I'm of the mind that cards are better, but I think right now cards are better. Yeah, yes. yeah. But um, uh, but I, I can see I can see scenarios, especially I can see, against like yeah, especially against Space Marines, but like. Um, especially against uh, Sicarius, right? Who gets a resource for every? If you can deny that opponent card draw, because Sicarius gets a resource with every enemy that is destroyed at the planet he, he where he is, right? Right. So if you get, you have to deny him card draw because he's gonna have resources. He's gonna get resources. Right. Uh, there's no way, no two bones about it. So you have to deny him card draw, and that's a challenge. I played a Space Marine deck. That was all Space Marines all the time last night. And granted, I was playing one of my weaker decks, but uh, he had it all over me in spades. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just, and he had you know resources and guard draw, and I couldn't do anything. It well, was rough. Maybe this is one of the spoiled cards that are, that's coming out. Um, and I, unfortunately, I don't remember the name of it, but it's the one where when it hits the table, everybody discards down to four cards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's in this. It's in this fifth or sixth pack. It's an Astra Militarum non-signature, okay, so non-royal so card. It, it is a long time coming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. it's a it's a four cost unit. I think he's a three five. He's unique. But as soon as you deploy him, each player must discard down to four cards. Right, and that so could, that could be a serious, especially if it's like third turn. That could put a serious damper on everything. <laughs> exactly. So now, now I've had I, I can see in my hand. <laughs> well, I can see. I can see. Now I have a deck again. I'm only playing. I'm only going to have four cards in my hand. I'm only going. I want to only keep a few, and I want. I'm going to, and I'm going to use this tactic to force my opponent to play the same way. Right. With right. very few cards. Well, if your if your deck is designed around having lots of options out of your hands, lots of shield cards. Then you know I can severely impact your game plan by forcing you, especially with um, tactics that will allow me to bounce that unit back to my hand. Oh, and and that's what and I was then redeploy. Oh, yeah, so I was just thinking he's a three-five, so he's tough to kill, and he's hitting for three, which is a which is significant number to attack for. Exactly. He's an Astra Militarum, so he could potentially get ranged on the, on the. Um, whatever the bunker is, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but but you as you as an opponent, I'm not sure I want to get rid of him because <laughs> I don't want him. I don't want you to play the other one out of your hand the next turn. Right, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the thing. You know, you know I mean, he, he's 
Yeah. He's he's. Uh, that's rough. It's only it's only and that, that that's some of the things that I need that we need to remember with this card game. And one of the things that makes it so great is like he's not a constant effect. There's not constant effects. The ones that like the bunker that or the resource that gives him a, a unit plus two to attack. You know, that's not plus two attack for the rest of the phase, the rest of the battle. That's plus two for that attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. I've fallen for it where um, I had, you know, neither my opponent or I understood the rules, and he was he's using this guy to whack me for six every time. Yeah. It's like, man, how do I beat that? And it's like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> we were doing that wrong. We were doing it wrong. <laughs> I ended up playing an opponent that had... Um, had more signature cards than what he was supposed to. You know, he was playing. He had he had multiple core sets and he was playing all those signature cards. So he ended so up, he was playing. You think he was playing? We've talked about this. You think yeah, he was playing he had, two sets of some of the at cards? Le at least, at least, because he had Kato. He right. put the sword on Kato, and then uh, that gives that gives armor bane. It gives him plus attack, all that kind of stuff. And it's also a shield three card. And then, sure enough, yeah, the blade. You know, later on, a couple turns later, he shielded for three. Yeah, you know. So, and I, you know, unfortunately, I didn't realize. I didn't, you know, the Tempest Blade. I didn't realize. Oh, you're only supposed to have one of those in your deck. <laughs> well, and and that's where the balance comes in, right? So you have the signature cards, which are amazingly powerful, right? But they're limited. You only have you know, with the units, with the exception of the Dark Eldar Warlord that was just spoiled. The units are, you have four units. You have two events, typically, and you have a support card and maybe an attachment or uh, two support cards. So, but you have one three shield card in there. Mm -hmm. You have uh, a, the couple of the loyal cards are two shields. There's right. a couple of those in each in each set um, but you only have the one three shield and that one three shield can save your save your booty act real quick oh definitely, yeah. definitely. it saved uh, Jason had Jason had drawn it on the command struggle yet last night and it saved his guy he managed to win the game because he drew that one there and I was gonna kill his warlord and I was not gonna not after that I, right <laughs> he played that um, yeah, so the Catacan Outpost is a mistake that I've seen as well. I saw that at Worlds. Mm -hmm. You know, a guy attacked me, and then he moved. He made his, moved move his unit over, and then he, he's attacking me for eight again. And I'm like, wait, eight? Where'd that come from? Eight what? And he's like, no, no, that Outpost. I'm like, oh no, 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 that, that was the, the that attack a long time ago on the other planet. So yeah, there's there's feels. I mean, heck, I did it uh, last week. <laughs> we. Uh, uh, a local player and I, we, we've been playing a lot. I think it was our third game of the night, and there's a second planet, and we've done our battle on the first planet. We're battling on the second planet, and then like halfway through the battle, we go, oh, wait, why are we fighting? There was no warlord at the planet. <laughs> we've gone through this entire, like, you know, maybe a round of, of combat, and like, oh, wait, why are we fighting? <laughs> no, shoot. Oh, darn it. So there, people are still feeling out the game. Yes, um, yes. So rules are important. <laughs> Even even in a world where where uh, constant war is 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 acceptable, right? In the in the Warhammer universe. So um, so now we're gonna. I'd like to move maybe to combat. Okay. So where we're gonna talk about our combat. This is the combat phase where we're gonna maybe talk about tournaments, um, competitive play. Uh, where we see things going, you know, that, that kind of speculation. We, in our notes, I have that we're, we'll talk about Gen Con, we'll talk about Worlds. We've talked about Gen Con a little bit. We've already talked about Worlds. Uh, Worlds was really fun. Yeah. Um, Worlds was uh, when it, we played in the World Championship tournament. So we played in those, in that, I think it was a Friday, right? So that Friday. Yes. So it was really fun. I won, I won my first two games, uh, I lost my second. Or I lost my third against the guy who had... I was playing, as I said, Astro Militarum Strachan with Space Marines. And he was playing Strachan with Space Marines. He had three cores. I had two. His, what, his, what, his, what my deck did, his did just a little bit better. And he, and he managed to beat me. Um, uh, but I said, I had, I had some great games. I, I uh, beat a guy in... I think it was my second game. He was playing Tau. Uh, I think he's from, he's a local to Team Covenant, which is hosting this podcast. So I think he's a local schmokel in Oklahoma. 
and he got top eight, and I beat him. So I th 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 that's a feather in my cap. And then uh, the last match that I had was against the guy who was playing Dark Eldar. Uh, he had three cores because he was playing three of some of these cards, and it, it, my that match went down to planet five, maybe planet six, planet mm -hmm. five at least, and that was a. Maybe I, I think I made a critical mistake early in the game that he didn't notice because it was where I'm looking at the top three cards of my deck and I saw two of the area effect space marines, the one area effect one space marines, and I saw a Katakan outpost and I took the Katakan instead of the, and I'm, I hope I'm saying that right, the Katakan outpost uh, instead of the area effect guy. I probably should have taken the area effect guy upon further review and uh, on reflection, right? Because he had a lot of, he played with some chimeras and some mm -hmm. low low guys. Um, and then, um, but we had a great game and, and that was for the, like the winner of that game would go on to the top 16. We knew that. We were both four and one. We were playing in the sixth round. The winner of that one would go on. He was, when he won, um, he was really excited. <laughs> he was really excited, and and after I, the, after a few minutes after I'd gotten over the, the whole, you know that that come down from that high that that competitive um, uh, aggression and competitive adrenaline that you have running through you. After I came down off that, he was still celebrating. He was he was just he was so happy to have made the top sixteen. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I, uh, I'm I was still new at conquest. He knew the. Universe, he seemed like he knew the universe left and right, and so he you know knew it very deeply, and he was really really excited to get into this. So I was glad to be a part of that, you know. And mm -hmm. I said, you know what, I, I would have been excited, but I think I probably wouldn't have been as excited <laughs> as he was. And he was really jazzed and everything else. And like I said, so he got into the top sixteen. He shook my hand and said that was probably the most competitive game of conquest we've ever I've ever played. And I, I that's great. I, I, I that's a great compliment. Um, it was a very competitive game, and um, and then, like I said, the guy that I beat in round two or maybe round four was was he he uh, he made the top eight, so he was cool too. So that those were feathers in my cap. I ended up placing thirtieth in the I think it was one hundred and seventeen, one hundred twenty seven. Yeah, it was a something big like that. Tournament. It was fairly big. It was, it was awesome. Big. It was nothing as big compared to the Netrunner one, which come, came in at two hundred thirty seven people <laughs> in the first round, but. Conquest from all that fifty you said Conquest is the biggest has has been the most successful LCG release to date, trumping even Netrunner. So that's really that's, that's yeah that's, that's awesome. Bad. They've sold more units, uh, so uh, it's very cool, very cool. So that was my kind of world's experience. Uh, anything you want to add for yours? No, mine mine was great. Um, I did not do near as well. I, I think I won uh, the first two games, and then proceeded to get rolled. <laughs> uh, including you, we ended up matching. Didn't we match up? Oh yeah, 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 we did. <laughs> we matched up. We did. Game three. So, so you were you maybe you were game four? No, it was. It was, was it second round? Was it second round? If it was second round, then I went one and five because no, were, no, 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 because I beat you. But right. It must have been fourth round because I went two. I one. I went two. Lost. Oh. Okay, then I yeah. won two and yeah. then lost. Yeah. So we matched up in fourth round. So. Yeah. So, yeah, because I had won my first two, um, surprising. Um, then ran into, third round was, was the guy who was playing the Space Marines, uh, the three cores that proceeded to exterminate, <laughs> exterminatus me everywhere. Uh, I had um, a warp storm happen twice on the same planet yesterday <laughs> in consecutive combat actions, but I've never seen three exterminatus pulled off. That's yeah, that was, that, was, that was pretty wild. Um, um, and then we matched up fourth round. And uh, lost to you, lost my fifth, lost my sixth, but it was... That's why I was blanking on who my other opponent was. I remember <laughs> five of my opponents. I'm like, who's my other opponent? Oh, it's the guy I've known for 20 years. Yeah, gotcha. we matched up. So that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was awesome. Um, I, I definitely think the uh, Conquest card game has a lot of potential. I think FFG does... Uh, I, I really, I've only, I've only played Netrunner. I've only played Conquest. I'm getting into Doomtown. Do they produce Doomtown? No, no, AEG is okay. Doomtown. Producer. Okay, so we'll edit that part. Out. <laughs> um, I 
thinking about maybe Game of Thrones when they when they do their re-release, uh, but the way they've got the mechanics of this game, it, it's great. Um, and I think there's a lot of potential and a lot of unexplored things because every time I look at a card, I see it all of a sudden in the second light of going, uh, you know, this, oh, this I use this card for X. I, I'm going to use this card here and such and such, such and such thing. And it's kind of along the lines like, well, you know, maybe not. Maybe, you know, if I use it in, I don't have to use this to damage my opponent if I'm if I'm playing Orc Faction and everybody gets brutal. Um, you know, I'll use a card to damage my own guy and then maybe, you know, turn him into a one-shot, one-kill kind of thing onto a, onto a Warlord. So I, I, that's one of the things that makes me excited about this game is seeing, discovering the, the new uh, tactic going, oh... Yeah, I can do that, and where FFG has already, you know, already put that, put that together. That's obviously why it's in the deck that way. Yeah, and you know, to your point about card review stuff, like you know, you and I shy away from single card reviews because, at least for me, uh, I'm an adjacent and I'm an information adjacent kind of guy, which means I want to have the information out in front of me, and I want to be actively using the information. In order to process it correctly. So, so for example, Promethium Mine. Promethium Mine does not go away when the fourth counter comes off of it. It does not say that. Now, there's an assumption because if you've been playing cards long enough that oh, well, I took the last one off, I get rid of it, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many of those cards in in so many of these games, but Promethium Mine does not go away. So you still have the mine. It's not producing anything anymore, except it's producing maybe plus two attack for your infantry conscripts, conscripts right? Yeah. Your Astra yeah. Militarum. So that's a great card in, the, in, a, in a conscripts deck, in a support heavy deck that's wonderful. Um, yeah, so infantry conscripts, you know, so, this unit gets plus two attack for each support you control. It's normally a zero five. Yeah. So it's either a meat shield, but once you start playing a resource heavy deck, all of a sudden, you know, it's a two five, it's a four five, it's yeah. a six five. Yeah, that's obviously very significant. So until I until I was at the table with someone who was playing Promethean Mine and Infantry Conscripts, and I said, okay, the fourth one goes off, and, and I told him, okay, that trashes, and he's like, no, it doesn't, and he, and I would lay, well, well, you don't. So many of us, after so long of playing these games, you start to put text onto the card. Or mechanics right? in that or are in not, mechanics that, that are in the there, yeah, that aren't, that aren't actually there. And that's kind of hard to see. So that's why we like playing the game, right? You, mm -hmm. uh, Commander Shadow Sun, the, the uh, Tau Warlord, he has all these attachments. I haven't gotten him to work, right? Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten him to work. But as more attachments come out, especially for Tau, which are Tau, which is what they're famous for, as I understand it, um, they're, he's going to get better and better. You know, so he's gonna. These things are gonna turn on, as it were. Strachan is gonna get better and better because he's gonna have more soldiers to draw upon. Um, you know, so uh, uh, yeah, Ragnar Blackmane. He's a he's a good warlord. His space wolves are good, but the support card, which is, um, let me see here. It's the it's the war camp. Oh, I tell you, that's whoo hoo. That's that's. That's a card that I just don't play now, right now. <laughs> I, I have to play it in my deck because it's part of the signature cards, right? But it's a three-cost war camp that when a Space Wolves is at a, is at a location with the Warlord, with the opposing Warlord, it does double damage. And yes, it's amazing. It's an amazing effect. But how often are you going to pull it off? Right. right. You need to be at the planet with the guy. You need to have Space Wolves there. The only four Space Wolves that I know of are the four that are in Ragnar's signature unit they go anywhere with him mm -hmm. <laughs> so once right now it's a planet with a warlord yeah. you're doing so two you damage just, i'm not gonna I've, I've taken the attitude like i'm not gonna play pay three for this card until i have space wolves to to use it with and sometimes i don't get space wolves right you know so right. so there's all these balances but that card will turn on with more space wolves in play mm -hmm. assuming more come i will assume more will come uh you'll get more you'll get more space wolves you'll get more uh, ultramarines, you get might get more scouts that turn on, uh, more blood angels. You know, so so those subsets will turn on and make some of these cards go better. Now, as now store championships for those of you who don't know, store championships 
are coming up uh, in January, right? So uh, some of them have been announced. I, was, I, I saw Facebook, we're recording this on a Thursday in December, and I saw that Los Angeles announced the store championship. I know that other stores have announced store championship schedules. Now, FFG has not released, as we sit here, has not released um, uh, any store championship information. But I know in Colorado, I know stores have applied, and I know four stores have applied. So hopefully, a store near you has applied for the store championship. Some, some great prizes. I think the Lehman Battle, Russ, is one of the alternatives. I can't remember now because we are one of the big Unfortunately, teams. while we might have four store championships showing up, we haven't had a tournament yet. We would <laughs> love to have a tournament, but we don't have one yet. Uh, there's a couple stores I know have tournament kits. Uh, my local store in North Denver uh, has not received theirs yet, but that's um, unfortunately not uncommon. They tend to get their kits late, both for Netrunner and for Conquest and Game of Thrones and so on and so forth. So that's unfortunate. But we so we haven't engaged in a in a casual tournament yet. But so the store championships are coming up. I look for more Space Marines. You know, I I, I think. You know, Jeremy's Jeremy's Warren. Jeremy's Warren won both the World Leader at Gen Con and the World Championships in November. Uh, he played Space Marines both times. Um, I'd like to see other. You know, to be honest with you, I'd like to see other factions win. Uh, I know Space Marines are for for many people who are uh, familiar with the missiles. Space Marines are Warhammer. Mm -hmm. Having said that. I'd love to see somebody else represent. <laughs> you know, I'd love, I'd love to see uh, some other stores come in. Now, to that, to that end, store championships are coming up, and to do a little self-promotion here, um, for those of you who are running tournaments or are looking at running tournaments, I have created a an Excel spreadsheet tournament manager that's available on BoardGameGeek. Um, there will be a link to that on our Facebook page, the Traxxas, Warca Traxxas Sector Warcast Facebook page, and, I'll, and there's also one on Reddit, I think. So uh, I, I, I dabble in all three face Facebook groups. In the, in the Facebook groups on BGG, I visit BGG. I, I host that tournament manager on BGG because it's a great central place to do so. And that can capture some uh, real information. Um, I haven't set it up to capture information quite yet, but we will be doing that. I will be doing that in the near future here as I have some time between school terms. Um, so if you're a tournament manager, if you're TO, if you're looking to do that, if you need some help with management software, uh, see that file. If you're familiar with Excel, that's great. You don't need to be familiar with Excel. Uh, it's just data entry. You just need to be able to type stuff in and you know navigate, uh, navigate some worksheets. So you do need Excel on your machine, whatever machine you have. Um, I am looking at making it operation operating system independent. But so hopefully you can participate in a store championship because they're cool. Yes, and, definitely. Any tournament, any tournament you can get your hands in. And hopefully the conquest groups, the conquest players, are much like the Netrunner players, like the Game of Thrones players that I know of which are ultimately this is an LCG the prizes are cards boxes mats and every once in a while you get a plaque for these store championships so you're getting stuff no one really ever needs <laughs> right you're just getting stuff more stuff you don't need I have many mats from playing Netrunner I don't need them I don't not a usual mat user I don't need them so what you have is, hopefully this applies to Conquest as well, you have people, a tournament is an excuse for people to get together and play Conquest for five or six hours. Right. Using swag, the same swag, is, swag is nice, but... Yeah. Yeah. And the only restriction between that and the regular game night is that you're using the same deck. And you're being told who you play. And that's it. Yeah. We're keeping score a little bit. You get, you know, some people get... Uh, a little bit more limited stuff than others, but again, it's stuff you don't need, <laughs> right? So hopefully, we'll have a great time in this. Uh, I look well, forward to hearing about people's store championship experiences. Yeah, so. I, 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 and I would say that actually, um, speaking from worlds and getting the two possessed, the stuff you're going to want to use is the participation stuff. Is the participation prizes anyway? 
So going there and paying your five bucks, if, if you're paying five bucks for it or, or whatever like that, well worth um, getting there, meeting other people that are, that are, play, that are playing the game, um, getting a couple of cool cards that go, oh, hey, you know, now that I've got these cards, why don't I play a Chaos deck? Because that, that's what I did, because I, I didn't even look at anything other than Space Marines, because even though I don't know anything about the Warhammer 40K, oh man, you gotta admit, guys in, with, in, in, in armor with machine guns are cool. Oh man, you know. Are I'm, they sexy, John? Well, I gotta, you know, I'm, I, I'm, one of the things I do, I also, I play, uh, I, like, I like computer games, so I'm a big StarCraft fan. Oh, okay. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm an old guy. I play old computer games. Um, I actually do have played StarCraft too. I really like it. But there's three factions out of StarCraft. There's the humans, which are the space marines. There's the aliens, which probably equate to the Tau in this one, uh, which are... Uh, and then there's the uh, Zerg, which are probably all the chaos units uh, because they're animalistic. They, they can mutate, all that kind of stuff. My favorite faction, my favorite thing to play in there in uh, StarCraft was always the humans with the Space Marines. You know, uh, I'm a fan of the oh, what are those cheese? The store, uh, not the star, the Starship Trooper movies. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 so yeah, those yeah. I, I like the I like the Heinlein novel. You know, so that's that's why I probably one of the things why I put together those those decks, and then uh, you know looking at th that's what I looked at first, and now that I've gotten. More and more stuff. I'm looking at the Tau. I'm looking at the Eldar, the Dark Eldar. Like, oh, okay. So now, now you know, you know, play, play what, play what you like first. But then, you know, don't limit yourself because uh, I've got some cool ideas, uh, and we'll be talking tactics in future episodes. That I think, um, you know, th those tactics will go to um, specific factions. So thanks to Team Covenant for hosting this Warcast. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, questions for us, you can contact us at TraxisSectorWarcast at gmail.com. Traxis is T-R-A-X-I-S, SectorWarcast at gmail.com again. Via our Facebook page or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Thank you for listening. The, the Emperor, Emperor Protects. protects.